0: Hello, and welcome to episode 15 of the Right For Your Life podcast, and I'm delighted to say that I'm joined by my trusty co-host, Mr. Mike Hurley. Hello, Mike. Hello, sir. Two in a week. Two in a week, as they say. Um, when absolutely there's two nowhere. in a week.
1: <laughs> that um, is
0: when they say yes. So last week I was, uh, as I I said on the one that I recorded earlier this week, the first one of the two this week, um, I wasn't able to record last week, that's why I've recorded two this week, that makes sense?
1: (laughs) Yep, in some roundabout way it does, yes.
0: So basically, if you haven't heard it already folks, I recorded a podcast episode on my own a couple of days ago to make up for not recording one last week and I talked about rhythm and the importance of rhythm and uh, in writing and i i read from three extracts from my own novel to kind of demonstrate what i meant um, or what i mean so you should go and listen to that definitely but this is kind of this is kind of the podcast proper this week isn't it
1: this is the one that people are used to yes well depending on how long they've been listening for because it could <laughs> be argued that most people are more used to just listening to you on your own
0: well, that <laughs> quite possibly. Who knows? Who knows? And what a treat that always is. Me rambling away.
1: Oh, I always enjoy it.
0: <laughs> no. Well, hopefully, hopefully this week, this this episode right here, there's going to be no rambling because we're going to have a debate. We're going to have a chat between us, and we're going to be talking about uh, about reading or reading habits or the way that I guess technology has changed the way that people read, um, and and maybe talk a little bit about how we both read. And when I say read, I don't just mean um, novels and, you know, kind of um, the latest paperbacks. I mean uh, all sorts of things. I mean how we read, so whether it is a paperback or a digital hardback. Um, I'm talking about reading on the web as opposed to magazines or vice versa. So just kind of general reading habits that people have these days and the impact that technology is having now. Um, but uh, do we have a sponsor first, though? Because I always get excited about the sponsors.
1: Okay, yes, we can be excited about the sponsors. Our first sponsor is Squarespace this week. Um, so let's talk a little bit about Squarespace,
0: Ian. Shall we do that? I, I would, I would, I would like to listen to you say something, and then I'm going to talk about it.
1: Okay. So a couple of things I want to tell you about Squarespace. First off, I want to tell you about how amazing their iOS app is. So if you are a iOS user, there is also an Android app as well, which is very similar, um, pretty much the same, actually. One of my favorite things about the iOS app is how great the stats are. So if you are a person like me who likes to know how many people are visiting your site every day, Squarespace has a really great way to see that when you're in the iOS app. So you can open it up, take a look at how many people are looking at the page, how many page views you've had that day, how many uniques, and you can see all of the people that have linked to your site if they're saying very nice things about you and such or not-so-nice things, and then you can go to their websites and see what they're saying. So, you know, if anybody's linked to you in any blog posts. But as well, the statistics go even further than that. If you go on, if you log in to the website and you go into your own, um, to your Squarespace account, you can see things like um, what your most popular posts have been for that day, what your most popular pages are, and you can break it down into days and months, and it gives you totals and everything. And it's all lots of lovely, whizzy pie charts and graphs, which I like very much. Um, Squarespace are also at the moment, I think Ian would have spoken about this earlier on this week, and they're giving away free custom domains at the moment with any annual purchase. Um, so if you buy one of their yearly or buyer annual plans, which start of the equivalent of $8 a month, you get a free domain and that can be a .com and it's just set up automatically for you during the registration process. So once you put in your information to sign up for your account, they ask you if you'd like a custom domain. You say yes, type in what you want, and if it's available, they'll set it up. You don't need to worry about any of the settings. You can find out more by going to squarespace.com forward slash 70decibels. This is where you can start your two-week free trial, where there is no credit card required. If you sign up, make sure to use the coupon code 70decibels5, which is 70decibels5 at checkout, and you'll get 10% off your first order, And this will let Squarespace know that we've sent you. So you've been using, you used Squarespace earlier on this week, didn't you, to post the show?
0: I had to because um, I had to uh, put the podcast episode um, live, first through Busbrat, of course, who are wonderful and probably should sponsor us, Mm -hmm. but also um, uh, through Squarespace on the 70 site. So I had to use it. Haven't really had any, haven't had any sort of corporate training from you or anything like that. No. And I was able to kind of just pretty much figure it out in the space of a few minutes and uh, pop the old episode on there without any problems. Lovely. So uh, we, we recommend it.
1: We do, highly.
0: Now then, what else do we recommend? Well, I'll tell you what Brett Kelly recommends. That was a nice link, wasn't it?
1: It was very good. I was impressed.
0: Brett Kelly is a, um, he, he's a writer uh, of a book. He's a techno uh, person and uh, a wonderful chap too. And he also he has a podcast with you on the 70, de- 70 Decibels Network too, doesn't he, Mike?
1: He does indeed. It's called Cooking with Brett and Mike, and you'll find a link to that in the show notes. And we've over the last couple of episodes, we've spoken quite, um, quite a lot about what we're about to talk about now. So you can hear from Brett's own mouth his opinions on this stuff.
0: Well, do you know what? I, I probably should go back and listen to those episodes because, see, he might cover kind of some of the things that I'm going to reference here. But I've kind of been thinking about uh, the subject of reading quite a lot in uh, the last, I don't know, probably two or three years, really. Uh, essentially, I've, I, I feel like I don't read enough. For someone who is having their novel published, for someone who's, um, I guess, in my position, I feel like I don't read enough um, well, fiction. That's what I feel like. In my case, it's fiction. I don't. I feel like I don't read enough um, novels, effectively, or, or short stories, or whatever it is. I feel like I don't. I'm not. I do read. I, I read all the time. I read every day. But I don't. I feel like I don't read enough of of that particular type of writing because mm-hmm. that's the type of writing I feel like I should be reading more of. Um, and Brett wrote this article on his website called "Why I Quit Reading RSS." Feeds and it's an entirely different kind of um, reading. T- yeah, different kind of reading, reading, you know, basically getting a um, uh, sort of a regular flow of news in his case about technology, and actually in my case about technology partly. Um, it's a different kind of reading, but the word that he used in his article really uh, made me think about mine, and it's that word, like I say, obligated. So he says here that. Um, he quit. This is why he quit reading RSS uh, uh, feeds. There was too much noise, even with the relatively small number of feeds to which I was subscribed, almost none of it was interesting to me. I realised that, for some reason I couldn't quite recall, I felt obligated to stay abreast of new developments in technology and such. So uh, Brett goes on to talk about how he kind of decided to unsubscribe from all his feeds, and... Um, all he does now is read more actual books. Um, he says he does it on the Kindle, on his Kindle, and he uses Instapaper just to read very very sort of um, carefully selected articles that he knows that he's going to be interested in. So he's really sort of decided that he can't cope with this. That's, that sounds bad, but he, he's, he's not prepared to try and cope with um, this kind of barrage of, of uh, tech news and, and um, information that comes from um, uh, I guess getting your news from the internet, and has decided to kind of cut right back, and he's very pleased with this decision. Um, but that kind of status, I think, that kind of um, way of uh, being, for most people, especially people who are probably living, sorry, are probably listening to this um, podcast episode, is probably quite a common. Kind of um, situation to be in. They probably recognise that kind of feeling that Brett's describing there, where you are subscribed to lots of feeds. You do get your news from the internet, and sometimes it can feel overwhelming, like it's it, there's just so much uh, to sift through. Um, and 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 I know that I've felt like that as well. So reading reading. Uh, uh, Brett's article and him using the word obligated, I realised that I, I felt obligated too, just like, just like him, to to check my RSS feeds every day, to check Twitter all the time, to constantly be on top of of kind of what's going on um, in in I guess the writing world, publishing world but also, I mean, because I'm interested and because I work in the industry, in the design and technology world as well. So I feel that same ob- obligation but because I'm an author, because I'm a you know soon to be published author and because i you know i've grown up i've lo- always read uh, books i've always read fiction it was just you know it was my thing i loved reading um i also try i also feel obligated to read um novels and and such as well and it's actually quite overwhelming that's an awful lot of reading and therefore i'm in a kind of a permanent state of guilt is how it how it, how it kind of uh, manifests itself you feel like you're permanently um trying to catch up with something that you will never ever catch up with so um before i go on to reference um another article i would uh, kind of like to get your uh, kind of get uh, your opinion mike on uh, that kind of thing so is that is that kind of a is that description of um is brett's description and kind of my agreement with him is that something that you particularly recognize
1: um yes totally because i do have a pretty intense feeling of obligation to keep abreast with what is happening in the technology news world as I um, host a weekly show. Well, I host many weekly shows, but um, The Bro Show, for example, um, of of all the shows is one that I have to keep on top of things with because I'm hosting a show of which we're talking about news. So I have to make sure that I am up to date with the latest news stories. Like if I decide to not read my feeds for for two days, I may miss a pretty massive story and if we run our show without it it's going to make us look unprofessional so there are times when i uh, i really just want to ditch everything um, as i was saying on the most recent episode of my show with brett um, the last couple of weeks has been pretty quiet for news that i've found interesting so there's been a lot of of like well i just don't want to bother reading any of what's actually out there because it seems rubbish but I have to continue to trudge through it because I'm obligated to keep up. Um, which is, it's it's, it's easy in, in a way because it's stuff that I enjoy on the whole, like I enjoy the sector. Like if I was reading about, if I was obligated to keep up with the news in, I don't know, irrigation, I'm not gonna be very excited about it because it's not something that I have any sort of feelings for in a in a positive way. So at least I'm reading about things that I on the whole do enjoy, but there is there is this sense of obligation where I might have like three hundred things to read of at the come Monday because I've not looked over the weekend and then I have to trudge through it all. And it can be a bit tough to do that.
0: Yeah. It can. It it it, it does feel um it feels too much, doesn't it? Yeah. Have, you ever, have you ever come close to kind of just ditching it all and saying, this is, this is not for me anymore? Because I kind of... when I, I mean, I have felt like that. I feel like that quite regularly. And usually it's because I think, do you know what? If I stopped reading all this stuff on the internet, then nothing bad would happen to me.
1: Yep, and that's exactly what Brett is saying. Like That, that is his whole... The crux of his argument is he can give up this... Um, and he has, and nothing, nothing bad's happened, and, and and that it's true, you know, in the in the grand scheme of things, nothing bad would happen, um, but it just depends on on your outlook as well, right? But you think maybe something bad would happen to me because I don't know the shows would lose credibility if yep. we're not talking about anything at all. <laughs> We've got no news to talk about.
0: Well, ex- exactly, and, and, and the same applies to me. If I'm not keeping up with publishing news, if I, then uh, then I lose credibility as an author. Um, similarly, if I'm not up to date with kind of design, struck tech news, then I might start suffering at my actual day job. So there are there are good reasons to <laughs> there are good reasons. It's not just we don't just sort of read these things just for the sake of it. And also, of course, because we to a degree we, we must enjoy it. We must want to keep up with these things. Yeah. But I think it is a case of sometimes is it too much and I think that's what that's what um, that 's what brett 's article kind of made me think I kind of st- I thought do I really need to keep keep up in my in my case do I really need to keep up to date with technology news in the way that i in the way that i do so i've been uh, first two or three months in uh, of this year i'd stopped. I stopped, uh, my habits kind of changed. I stopped listening to certain podcasts. Of course, none of the ones on 70 decibels. They're all brilliant. Um, but I would started reading certain blogs all the time, you know, every post kind of thing. And those kinds of habits do change. I'm talking about technology stuff here. Mm-hmm. Um, but the reality is I don't, I, don't, I don't really need that. I am interested and I've got, you know, I've made, uh, I made internet pals with various people, many of them who we both sort of, Uh, No, Uh, but I don't really need to read their websites every single day. And it's not that I don't want to, but the truth is my kind of in the last six months with having my novel published, my kind of life has kind of gone and is going in a different direction. So and that's kind of the direction I've wanted it to go in for the last 10 years. So that's kind of the direction I need to follow. So for me, it's a bit about balance. And I need one of the things that are more relevant to what's happening to me right now than I do uh, in, in terms of reading technology blogs or design blogs because um, because I kind of want to, because I'm interested in it. It's about finding the balance. So I kind of don't want to just abandon all that, but I kind of know that my focus should be somewhere else. Um, so that feels like quite a, a good place to move on to the idea of, of uh, back to what I said at the start about uh, me feeling like I don't read enough novels because of that... Pretty much ties in with what I've just said. That's that should be my focus, really. That's what I should. That's what I. That's what I do. That's what I. Um, I was going to say that's what I want to be, but that is what I am going to be in a few months' time. I'll be a published author, therefore I, I need to be you know much more up to date than perhaps I am now with um, contemporary fiction. And, and I say that I'm not. I'm not miles behind. I'm obviously much more up to date with things than you know the, your average Joe, and probably a lot more than the average writer. But in my opinion, if I want to consider myself. Uh, you know, if someone's contemporary, then I, they deserve me to have at least be aware of them. Never mind, you know, having read their book and that kind of thing. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, a couple of a couple of things. I'm going to come to an article by um, James Bridle in a second. It was actually it's actually a few months old, and I remember reading it and it being a real revelation to me, at least a couple of paragraphs towards the end. Um, but the reason this kind of um, the reason this uh, this topic kind of came to mind for this week's podcast um, episode, although we were supposed to have a guest, but unfortunately they couldn't make it. So um, that's why we're talking about this. But um, it was uh, either last weekend or the weekend before. In fact, I think it might have happened twice since we moved into our new house in February. And um, we were obviously showing people around our house and showed them around the, took them up to the bedroom as you do. I did the usual joke by saying, you oh, know, this is where the magic happens. Everyone fell about laughing. It was hilarious. <laughs> and um, uh, my friend said to me, and I, th- I, say, I think this has happened a couple of times, said, wow, how many how many books are you reading? And um, I hadn't really thought about it, but I looked at my bedside table, and I had four books and my iPad next to, <laughs> which, I, which I essentially use for reading, next to my bed. And um and I, and I and I looked at them and I thought, well, they're probably it's probably just stuff that I've either bought or I've just brought brought upstairs and left there for the future. But actually, I realised that I'd, I'd started all of them, and I was at least part way, or actually quite some way through. Um, uh, uh, I was part way through all of them, and I was actually quite a long way through a couple of them. And um, and it was it was that, that that happened recently that got me thinking about this article by James Bridle. Uh, would you like to know the books that were at my bedside table while, I, while I'm at it? Of course. I've got them right next to me, just in case you asked, not that you did. I'm sorry. It's all right, I don't. i I'm not angry. So I've got just by my bed, you know, this is It's quite, it's, I, I say this because it's quite an eclectic mix, and that's that's what I guess I'm about to come on to, really. Um, one is a novel called The Story of Forgetting by Stephen Merrill Block. I haven't started that apart from reading the first sort of chapter. And um, then I've got John McGregor's latest collection of short stories called This Isn't the Sort of Thing That Happens to Someone Like You, which I'm, I've almost finished and is absolutely brilliant. Fantastic book. I recommend it. Then I've got Christopher Hitchens's book, God Is Not Great, um, which I am not going to comment on any further because I don't want to upset anyone in the audience, which is actually a listenership. And then we've got um, I Partridge, which is the we need to talk about Alan, which um, is obviously Steve Coogan and Armando Iannucci's um, parody biography, which is hilarious I don't know if you I don't know if you're a partridge fan, Mike, but it is very, very good.
1: I've never seen Alan Partridge, but I have I've got, I received the collection for Christmas, and uh, it's something that I intend to do very shortly.
0: Mike that's outrageous.
1: I know it's terrible, isn't it?:
0: You must sort that out immediately. But basically a really, a really eclectic mix and like I say, I'm, I'm quite a way through, uh, I've nearly finished two of those books and I'm halfway through one and I'm just starting another and they're all by my bedside table and I've also got my iPad next to the bedside table as well and I've recently finished Patrick Rowan's Enough, finished reading that, so that was, would have been on my list as well and, um, and, uh, and I guess just websites and stuff. Um, through my iPad, now, that's an awful lot of reading, isn't it? So here's me saying in this uh, at the start of this podcast, I feel like I don't read enough, and yet there I am reading all these different things. Um, just for the record, Mike, what's on your bedside table at the moment? Make it make sure it's clean.
1: Uh, a vinyl record player, audio books. <laughs> no, I, I, don't, I, I don't. I'm not reading any books at the moment.
0: I know but you, you we are different we are a different animal mm. aren't we we're different beasts so um, uh, I guess, uh... really
1: my my current reading um habits are all being undertaken on my uh, my newly purchased new iPad mm. uh, with the written screen and what I have been reading and I've read a really lot of comic books recently um oh right um I am I am I have been a fan of comic books my, my for my whole life and there's a great app called Comicsology um which is is very very pretty on the new on the new iPad and it displays things very nicely. Um, and then I guess the majority of my reading is RSS, so I read my RSS feeds. I don't really have a lot of time to read anything else, to be honest with you.
0: Um, no, I, I've been looking uh, y-
1: through some magazines as well on the new iPad um, because that's it's it's a, it's a nicer experience than before.
0: Yes, and, and magazines are quite interesting because I think. I think I, I just the, my four books are all full 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 length books, <laughs> four full length books, and um, and 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 this is kind of what made me think about it when when my friend said that to me that you know you've got a lot of books by your bedside table how are you reading you know how are you reading those all at once, and um, and I kind of realised that that's not that's not how I used to read at all, and then I thought well that's kind of not how anyone used to read I don't think I think generally people they read a book. And they finish a book and then they go into another book. And whilst they're reading that book, they might have some magazines that they subscribe to, you know, actual real life magazines. You know, they might buy them monthly or that kind of thing. And I used to do that. I used to, I used to get the old PC formats. Um, I used to get uh, Shoot. And um, before that, <laughs> Which is the soccer
1: magazine? Oh, I used to read The Beano. Do you know that's on, that's on the iPad, The Beano?
0: I didn't know that. You but part of the reason it, I understand. didn't know that, Michael, is because I'm 31 years old.
1: Well, I'm just saying, they're not the kind of comics I'm reading, to be honest, but I saw them in Newsstand the other day.
0: No, I know, I'm just being stupid and pedantic. It's fun. But, <laughs> but you know, it's, it, but that, that's kind of how people used to read, I think, generally. I mean, it's a bit of a generalisation, but, you know, I think that is how people more or less used to read. You would read a book, finish a book, move on to the next one. Mm-hmm. Um, have a magazine subscription, probably one, maybe two, and then that would be your lot for the month. And yet people still read the same amount. Um, I would say. and um, I don't know whether we are reading more. It's just that perhaps we, maybe we're reading the same thing. Maybe that's something else we can talk about in a second. But I just want to sort of talk about, uh, just read these paragraphs from this article by James Bridle on his blog, which is book2.org. Yeah. Um, and the title of the blog post is Stop Stop Lying About What You Do. And I'm going to scroll to the end because these are the paragraphs that just hit me like a, uh, I don't know, punch. <laughs> Um, so here he says um, I don't read like I used to um, although that's not necessarily a bad thing I rarely finish books I've always had a habit of abandoning novels 50 to 100 pages before the end I don't know why I've always done that I think I'm doing it more and I don't mind because I think my critical senses have improved and by eradicating book guilt I've reached a point where I am happy to cast things aside I read five, ten books at once I read them on paper and electronically as the mood takes me I read with continuous, partial attention, and I don't care that I am frequently interrupting my own reading. I despise the discourse that says we are all shallow, that we are all flighty, distracted, not paying attention. I am paying attention, but I am paying attention to everything, and even if my knowledge is fragmented and hard to synthesize, it is wider and it plays in a vaster sphere than any knowledge has gone before. Um, And uh, that's, I mean, when I first read that, I thought, well, that's just crazy. How can someone read five to ten books at once? Um, And how can they they kind of have, how he describes, continuous partial attention? So you are reading all these things, but you're never fully focused on, on anything. And that kind of sounded to me a bit like what Brett was describing, like he felt there was too much. And he was trying to concentrate on two different things. And yet Brett says that he's, his decision was to kind of get rid of them all so that he can focus on specific things um, that he felt were kind of the important stuff. Um, and that kind of makes sense to me. And I, I understand why he's done that. And I can understand why he's happier for having done that. But then when I read this, I kind of, I get, I get this as well somehow. When I first read it, I thought that just sounds crazy. But the more I read it, and then obviously when I've looked at my own bedside table and realised I, I kind of do this already um i realized that the the one kind of difference between me and uh james bridle who's written this article is that i do have book guilt he seems to have managed to find a place where he can he can um he can have this sort of partial attention where he can have several things on the go at once and you know, and find it valuable so he can you know the whatever he's reading the information goes in and he enjoys it but he doesn't feel guilty if he feels like he wants to finish a book before it's before the end and and presumably he doesn't he doesn't really refer to um, RSS feeds or, or Twitter or anything like that. But presumably he has the same philosophy in that he doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter to him that he perhaps goes a week without keeping up to date with specific blogs or websites or whatever it might be. And I kind of I kind of um, feel a bit like that too. And I feel like that ethos. I, I'm kind of halfway there. Um, and I, I'm, the more I think about it, the more I. I kind of want to do a bit of what Brett's done and a bit of what uh, James Bridle is suggesting. I kind of I want to cut back and stop reading things that I don't think are that important. But at the same time, I feel much more comfortable than I ever have done with having several books on the go and, um, and uh, not feeling bad about uh, abandoning books or abandoning certain RSS feeds or abandoning certain Twitter feeds or websites, whatever it might be. So for me, it's a case of still having, um, I guess, lots of... <laughs> reading fingers in lots of pies um i don't know what a reading finger is but uh, probably it's probably lots of fingers in lots of reading pies that makes more sense reading pies pies and fingers i don't know what i'm talking about pies made of books into that, yeah. oh, that sounds a bit weird um so i'm happy to kind of do that but i think i just want to focus a bit more bring the bring the focus a bit more on what i actually read so if i do have four books on the go i want to make sure it's four books that i want to read and that i enjoy If I'm going to cut down my RSS feeds, then I want to do it, not completely, but just make sure what I am reading, if I am cutting it down to 20, but that it's the stuff that I actually want to read. So trying to figure out what's important, I guess. Does any of that make sense?
1: It does make sense, and and I did enjoy reading the article, actually, because I felt this way um, about Instapaper for a while.
0: Well, Instapaper is just brilliant. It's a fantastic app, and I recommend it to anyone, but it is also it is a a guilt trap is you end up with hundreds of articles that you you've you've chosen to read later as it were so you know you save them to come back to and then when you get there you know it's just too much there's too much there no one can read that much i bet i've got almost a novel's worth of content in my instapaper account
1: and so what i decided to do um was to well it wasn't because of that but um it helped as I switched to another service called Pocket, mainly because I wasn't just saving things to read. I like to save videos and stuff, and and that made more sense for me. Um, But, yeah, I switched to that instead, and I'm trying to just trying to make a more concerted effort to only put things in there that I know I want to read Um, and to, to just be... Just try and get through it a little bit more. Be more mindful of what I'm putting in there, um, and that I've got stuff. You know, does that make sense?
0: It does. It's a case of not being not being afraid to kind of um, say no. I mean, I think I think in all of this, people are kind of terrified of change. Um, and I think that was James bridal message: is that reading habits have changed. Mm. My reading habits have changed, as I've kind of just described. And um, excuse me. And um, and it's not a big deal. People are terrified of, of changing the, the whole. I guess the whole underpinning this whole issue is is as I said at the start is kind of is technology. That's what's that's what's um, brought about a lot of these changes. So a lot of people kind of decry the uh, the rise of um, e reading. Um, but what's the point? It's inevitable. It's going to happen. That's where it, that's you know and, and it's a, it's an amazing thing. It's a great thing. It should it's a good thing. I, I love books as much as the next person. But reading on the technology that we have now is pretty good. Reading on the technology we'll have in the future will be even better. And, um, and that's fine. We just need to just sort of accept that will, what will happen, that we'll have a kind of a hybrid way of reading where we'll read some books, we'll read something on our, our electronic devices, whatever it may be, Kindle, iPad. We'll just have lots of things going at once. And the, the thing that we need to try and do, the trick, I think... Is to just be more focused and just make sure that whatever you are doing, we have all this choice, which is, you know, again something that underpins it all, that we have so much choice. The trick is to think that's fantastic to have all this choice, but I want to try and focus on this kind of this kind of limited uh, number of uh, reading options, I guess. Mm Mhm. So that's kind of it, Mike.
1: Okay. Well, look before we finish, let's talk about our second sponsor.
0: Oh yes, please.
1: So uh, on our last episode. Um, Ian will have told you a bit about Pairnote, which is our second sponsor, which is the app that remembers what you type and when you typed it. By recording video or audio of whatever you're taking notes of, you get the ability to add context to your notes, allowing you to jump straight to the part of your media just by clicking on any word written. Pairnote for Mac, which has recently been upgraded to version 3, syncs to your Dropbox, which allows you to access all of your notes on the iPad version of Pairnote. This means you'll always have your most important notes with you, no matter where you are. The iPad version of PearNote has many of the same features as the Mac version. It allows you to record audio, allows you to record video and take your notes and you can watch them back and all your words are highlighted as the media is playing, just as you've come to um, experience with the Mac version. There is an amazing demo of PearNote available at UsefulFruit.com. It shows off all of the features of PearNote inside a web player. Um, it includes highlighting of text that you, you know, as you're listening to your audio, as I've mentioned, um, and it's all presented by the developer called Chad. And so there's a video of him, and he's talking, and you'll see all of the things happening um, as he's talking about them. You'll see slides that are located in the bottom of the web player changing as he's talking because you can sync all of these things up. But so i suggest that you go to usefulfruit.com and watch the demo. But what's really cool about this is that in Pairnote Free, you are able to create these web versions of your own notes so you can share them with others. Um, so everything is contained within a HTML player and you can view it all online. It's, it's very, very attractive. You can get Pairnote from the Mac App Store, the iOS App Store, or directly from UsefulFruit.com, which is where you can get more information and a 30-day free trial. So thank you very much to PearNote.
0: Marvellous. Thank Marvelous you indeed. indeed.
1: No problem, sir.
0: So, I just before we go, I would like to. I, I'm genuinely interested in this topic. You can, you can, you can probably tell I've not said as many stupid things this week, and uh, gone off on as many tangents. So, I would kind of like to know what what people think. So, if you're listening to this, and either recognize some of the things we've talked about or you have some kind of strategy that we need to know about then i, I would very much like to hear it so even if it's just a, an email to uh to me or mike or um or, or, or on twitter or anything like that so i'd be really interested to find out what people's reading habits are because i think it's kind of a fascinating shift that we're going through and um yeah it'd be nice to find out what people are up to
1: tell people how they can get in contact with you then <laughs>
0: Well, you can e- well you can email me at uh, Ian at writeforlife.net or um, probably the probably the quickest way to do if you're on Twitter is to uh, pop a message to at Ian Broom, which is I-A-I-N-B-R-O-O-M-E.
1: Awesome. You can uh, also contact us by going to Seventy decibelscom forward slash contact, um, and that will go to me, and then I will include Ian in as well if if needs must. Um, oh, you can get me on Twitter as well. I'm I I'm I M Y K E. Yeah, I would like to. We'd like to hear what what your habits are. Are you a digital reader like me, or, or are you a paper reader like Ian?
0: Or both. Both like, like you. Like like we all will be in the future. Yes.
1: Well, maybe not both, but
0: <laughs> you, will. you will. It would be a bit <laughs> weird for you to go from only reading RSS feeds to suddenly reading novels in 20 years' time on paper. <laughs>
1: <Paperback>. <laughs> but you never know, dear. You? you never know. These things could happen. You don't. Electronic paper, let's say that. Indeed. We have one book and the words just change.
0: <laughs> you should write this down.
1: <laughs> Who says I haven't on my changing paper? Anyway, <laughs> thank you very much, Ian, for being here as always. It's always a pleasure to talk to you, sir.
0: And you too. I shall uh, speak to you uh, next week. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Ciao.